Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Fox River. How you doing? Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to be here with you this weekend. Online, what's up? Man, so glad we're here together. One big, happy Fox River family. Hey, I want to start off just with a few questions here, three to be exact. Here's the first one. Uh, just by show of hands, how many of us are children? Like, like you're a child of somebody. Yeah, anybody? Okay, all right, that's, that's good, all right? Any hands are down? I was like, okay, what, what's going on? All right, say, second question. But God's got something for you, those of us who are children. All right, here's the second question. Got ahead of myself there. How many of us are parents? Just by show of hands, I'm, I'm a parent. Okay, good, good, thank you. Hey, listen, God's got something for parents this weekend as well. And the, the point is this. All of us are part of a family, all right? Some of us are parents. Many of us, all of us, in fact, are children of somebody. We're all part of a family. We all have family members. And this weekend at Fox River, I believe God has some grace for us and our family. So in anticipation and in faith, let's do something special because I think God is at work through his word and through his Holy Spirit. Let's soften our hearts. Let's humble our hearts that we might receive the grace he has for us, that Jesus might make a difference in our families. And the third question, almost forgot. Third question is this. Just by show of fingers, or feel free to use your toes, okay, but how many people are in your family? You can kind of answer that through any lens you want, but I've, I've got six, so I'll say that. All right, cool, cool, all right, sweet, six. We're gonna come back to that in a little bit. We're gonna have some fun, but before we have too much fun, it's important that we pray, all right? So let's ask God to be a part of this thing we're about to do together called church. All right, Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the gift of life that you have given us, God. Um, You kept our lungs breathing, you kept our brain functioning, God, all these beautiful things, Lord, by your grace. And here we are today, Lord, with you and with each other, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God, I pray that we would hear from you today. I pray that we would understand what you're trying to tell us. And Lord, by your grace and by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, help us to respond to your good news and your good grace and decide to walk with you, Jesus, to allow you in to make a difference in our families. God, inside of all those pieces of the prayer we just prayed together, but Lord, certainly over all of it, kind of like a banner over all of our prayers, Lord, we pray this most of all, Lord, that the name of Jesus Christ would be glorified. We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. All right, let's turn to Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six, turn there in your Bible, or your digital device of choice. Ephesians chapter six, here's the situation. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he is writing to the church, the the body of believers, in a Greek city of Ephesus. All right, so he's writing, in particular, or more pointedly, he's writing to Christian families. He's writing to parents who have heard the gospel, that Jesus Christ has died for your sins, that three days later he rose for your life. They've heard the gospel and they've believed He's writing to children who are trusting Jesus to save them from an eternity in hell, but instead to an eternity in heaven with 
Jesus in paradise. So he's writing to these, these believers, parents and children in Ephesus. And they have Jesus, but he knows something is true then, just like it's true today. Paul knows that, hey, just because you have Jesus doesn't mean that he's present in your family. In fact, if Jesus isn't making a difference in our families, I mean, this is just the blunt, honest truth. It's a hard, a hard one to swallow sometimes, too, but if Jesus isn't making a difference, it's because he's absent. Like, we haven't invited him in, and that's the situation here in Ephesus. There's stuff going on in the family, but they're kind of like keeping Jesus at a distance, and they're not letting him in. So Paul's writing to him, and he's addressing this. And as Paul is addressing these issues, which we're going to get into in just a second here, he also realizes, hey, these people are immersed in a culture. All right, they've got their habits, and they've got their ways of doing things. But Paul also realizes this, that God is calling them and leading them to live differently. Because they're not who they used to be. When a person receives Jesus as Savior, man, a lot of things change. It makes a big difference, right? We talked about this a few weeks ago when we were together. Right? When, when a person believes in Jesus for the first time, God creates in them a new spirit. Like they're literally a new person on the inside. Right? They have new vision. They see things differently. They have new desires. Like I want to do. Now it's hard to actually pull this off a lot of times, especially early on in your faith. But I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to walk with God. You've got these new desires. And then on top of that, there's a whole myriad of things God does in the instant we first believe. But here's another one. Not only does he create a new spirit in the believer, but he gives his Holy Spirit to live inside the believer. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, each of us receive his power. And we receive ability, real ability to do the things that God is calling us and leading us to do. Now, back to Ephesus. Here's a quick snapshot of what kids were like back then. Now, it's, it's roughly 2,000 years ago, so some of this might be hard to kind of wrap your minds around, but let's just give it a shot. Some kids back then, they didn't listen to their parents. <laughs> some of them got sassy. Some of them even got defiant, just like, man, I'm not doing that. That was the situation. And it's so frustrating all the more when, as a parent, you realize this that that sin condition, that disobedience, it's hereditary. Like they inherited it from their parents. You're like, oh man, that's right. So, so not only is it their problem, but now it's our problem as well and we contributed to it. So, so that's, that, that, that can be rough, that can be frustrating. Okay, so children then, just like today, need to be trained and they need to be taught. That's just, that's just the truth, right? Which is why good and godly parenting is so important. It's why it's so important for us as a church to come alongside one another and help each other to raise children that know Jesus and by his grace, there's no recipe for this by the way, I think we all know that, but that they might follow him. So with that said, hey, let's get into the actual text. Uh, Ephesians chapter six, let's start in verse number one. All right, here we go. Verse number one, children, obey. The word obey should just jump off the page, okay? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. 
The word obey, which is the thrust of these three verses, um, basically means this. Do what you're told. Right? It's real simple. It's not a mystery. It's not meant to be shrouded in secrecy or you got to really study hard. No, obey just means do what you're told. So God, through the Apostle Paul, is telling children, hey, do what you're told. And when it comes to children obeying their parents, this is just the way God designed things to be. He's a God of order, right? And when children obey their parents, it's a reflection of the order that God made in creation. But even more so, not just because it makes sense or the way God designed it, children obeying their parents is really important because according to God, it's right. Like, it's right. Which is why he tethers the command in Ephesians 6.1, children obey your parents, he tethers that or connects it to the Ten Commandments. Commandment number five is honor your mother and father. He connects the two. Now, now here, here we get a fuller picture of what's going on. We get the word obey, but now we get the word honor, and they're kind of brought together. And, and just to, to bring the fullness of what God is talking about, we can think of it like this. This is not perfect, okay? But we can think of it like this. Obey is like the outward action, okay? If mom tells me to put my clothes away, I gotta put my clothes away, okay? And then the other word is honor, and that's that that matter of the heart. Honor speaks of the heart. It's like, I, I want to do this. Not necessarily want to put the clothes away, but I, but I want to honor my mother. I want to honor my father. I want to please them. I know it's right, and it's also pleasing to the Lord. Which brings us to this simple statement. Children should not only do what parents say when they say it, but they should also do it with a right heart attitude, as long as it's not a sin, and that is the limitation, okay? So if, if children, if your parents are telling you, hey, do this, fill in the blank, and it's sinful, or it's against the word of God, and you know it is, or you just know in your heart, because God has given us this detection system called the conscience, you just know oh, this isn't right, okay? Then you shouldn't obey that. You should talk about it, though, <laughs> okay? Don't just say no. Talk about it. That's the limit. But understand this. Children obeying and honoring their parents, it's a really, really big deal to God. And then children, I get this, because, well, let me just say, I know you're smarter than your parents. I know. <laughs> I used to be smarter than my parents, okay? Here's some comfort and, and truly, this is a bit of insight as well, okay? It's not just for the funny factor, okay? But this is, this is true. Jesus was smarter than his parents too. But what do we see Jesus do? We see Jesus obeying and honoring them, which is pretty remarkable if you think about it. Another thing to remember too is your parents aren't perfect. Some of us, you're like, Bill, you don't even know the half of that, <laughs> all right? You know, and it's like, man, your parents aren't perfect. They need, hear this, kind of turns the tables on this whole parenting ch child thing. But, but parents need grace from the children. Your parents aren't perfect. They need your grace. And when you choose to honor, 
when you choose to obey your parents, it can be really, really difficult. But hear this. Even the most impossible things are possible with God. So I want you to remember this, children. Doesn't matter what age you are. You could be a grown adult. Children know this. He is our help. Can we say it together? He is our help. Okay. It's good that we remember that. Here's an obvious question. What if, um, what if my parents aren't worthy of honor? What do you do then? How do I honor my parents if they're not worthy of honor? A few quick things come to mind. We won't hang out here long, but just a few quick things. Is you have a lot of opportunity to talk bad about them. I would encourage you, a way to honor parents who might not be worthy of the honor you wish they were worthy of, just choose not to talk bad about them. Try your best. Again, ask God for help. He is our help. Try your best not to judge them, but instead extend forgiveness. Honor them in that way. And thank God for the good things that he's done in spite of the bad parenting that you may have received. And some of us truly have received really, really bad parenting. Many of us had absent parents, okay? There's a lot of things about parents that don't deserve honor sometimes. Thank God for the things that he has done in and through them to make your life better and to lead you to him, okay? Jesus is working through you to make a difference, not only in yourself, but in the lives of your family members. All right, let's, let's go. All right, verse four, let's move on. This next verse, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and in the instru- excuse me, instruction of the Lord. God is addressing Christian fathers, but that word is actually, we see this in, in the book of Hebrews, can actually mean both parents. So, so I would contend that Paul is writing primarily to fathers, because that was the culture. We gotta consider the context of who Paul's writing to at that time and what the situation was like. But in the shadows of that, he's also writing to mothers. He's writing to parents in general. So just kinda keep that in your minds. Don't be limited to the English word we see here, fathers, all right? Parents, at that time, right, we talked about kids, so there's sometimes, you know, they don't listen to parents and all that, right? Parents at this time, and again, this, this might be hard, right, because 2,000 years ago, right? But parents back then, here's what they did. They parented according to their feelings sometimes. They, they yeah, it's great. And, and, and they parented according to, like, what they thought was right. I mean, they're just trying their best. Anybody ever parent like that? Oh, man, yeah. I, I, yep. Okay, we'll keep going. Uh, yet, yet God was calling. He's calling fathers and he's calling mothers to parent differently. Okay, to let Jesus make a difference in their parenting. Remember Ephesians 5.21. Pastor Guy talked about this a bit last week. And it says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now the interesting thing about Ephesians 5.21 is it's the first verse in this section where God talks about relationships between husbands and wives, between parents and children, like we're talking about today, and between masters and slaves, or the modern-day equivalent, bosses and their employees. 
in all of these different relationships are supposed to be governed by Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. See, submission is not a one-way street. It goes both ways, which means this. God is saying, children, obey your parents, right? Honor your mother and father. But he's also saying behind the scenes, because Ephesians 21 led this whole thing off, he's saying this, parents, submit to your children. Now, I know that's shocking, so let me bring a little bit of light to that. Parents, submit to the needs of your children. They need training. They need discipline. They need correction. They need instruction. They need someone to set a good, godly example for them, like real world stuff. They need to see that example for them. Children need to be encouraged, not discouraged or exasperated. Here's some examples. No favoritism. All right, this kid I like better because they act a little better, they're a little more respectful, they're a little more my personality, we get along better, you know, and, and so I'm gonna show favoritism towards this one and maybe this one I'm just not gonna treat the same way because you know what, they're just different and we don't get along, we're just kinda, uh, you know, so listen, there's no room for favoritism. We can't do that, we gotta be careful. And God is bringing, I got, I got a couple more things on the list that, that hurt equally as much, but it's like you, you gotta just, you gotta submit our parenting to God. He's calling us to live differently, to parent differently. He's saying, I got, I got an opportunity for a Jesus difference for you. Would you like it? Because it'd be great. It'd be good for you and your family. It'll be glorifying to God. Here it is for the taking if you want. So no favoritism. No obsessing about overachieving. All right, you gotta make the honor roll. Always on them about homework and studying for tests and all that. Always on them. You're kind of living your life through them when it comes to sports, maybe. I know some of us fall into that category. It's like, man, you got to be the best athlete or you got to get that scholarship. You're just pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. You got to get that internship. You're speeding up their childhood. You're just impatient. You fall into that impatient parenting category. Like, you should know this by now. You're three and a half. Like, what are we, come on. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. You know, and it's like, it's, it's funny when we put it on the table like that. We're like, man, all of us have just kind of fallen. Those of us who are parents, all of us have fallen into that category. It's like, oh man. It was something, we just got to let our kids grow up. It's frustrating when, when we tell a kid, hey, you got to do this or you got to see things this way. And, and truly, a lot of times their brain hasn't even developed, you know, to, to, to think about things in the way that, that we just demand in some moments, right? We gotta be careful to encourage them, not discourage them or exasperate them. Here's one more example, neglect. It's so easy, especially nowadays. Here's, here's an iPad or something, because you know I got things to do. So here, just occupy yourself. And then it's always super easy just to excessively punish. It comes really natural to some of us. Many of us were trained this way. When we were kids, our parents punished us excessively. We received physical abuse sometimes. Most of us received verbal abuse. And it's really easy just to regurgitate that when it comes to us being parents. God's like, put on the brakes. We don't go on autopilot when it comes to parenting. Things are different in my kingdom. Okay? Like, like stay connected to me. And together, let's see Jesus make a difference in your family. Parents, our children need to see and experience 
the love of Jesus in us. I'm gonna say it again. Our children need to see and experience the love of Jesus in us. Now you might hear that, and that's like super intimidating. Like, phew, I don't know if I can do that. That's a, that's a big burden. Okay, I would encourage you, don't, don't receive that truth as a burden. Receive it as a privilege and ask God for help because he is our help. Can we say that together, ready? He is our help. It's a really important thing to remember. It's no mistake that you are their parents. It's no mistake that they are your children. See, God has appointed this time in history. He has set, on purpose, he's set up for us to live on this piece of the planet. Why would he do that? So that we might reach out to him and find him and that Jesus would make a difference in our family. This is straight out of Acts 17, verse 26 and 27. God set it up. He's like, man, I want to set you guys up for success. I want to give you the best chance that you would reach out and find me, that I could make a difference in your life, that Jesus could make a difference in your family. That's pretty encouraging, okay? So, so with that thought, hey, I want you to picture two rows, all right? So get your imagination going right here. Get it primed, all right? Just like a snowblower, just a little few priming pumps, and then, and then here we go, okay, right? I got one road over here. It's a really nice road. And then another road, so two, two rows. Both roads, okay? They're separate. They're two different roads. They're both really nice, super wide. Think like Interstate 5 in, out in Los Angeles or something like eight lanes across. I mean, just absolutely humongous. The weather's nice on these roads. It's just amazing, okay? So super wide roads, super nice, well-traveled. Everybody's driving on these, these two roads. It's just great. No traffic jams either. Just, just, you know, flowing traffic. It's really, really good. All right, here's, here's the one road. This road over here. It's called me-centered parenting. Oh, yeah. And, and, and this one over here is called child-centered parenting. Now, again, these roads are really nice. They're highly recommended. Everybody's talking about them, okay? Um, but there's a huge problem with these two roads. They don't take you to the right destination. Here's the problem with these two roads upon closer inspection. All right, on each of these roads... You've got a lot of crashes, right? It's like, oh yeah, I suppose, I suppose there is crashes. And, you, and you, got, you got a lot of cars that have run out of gasoline, like they're out of fuel, right? You just drive and drive and drive. People get lost on these two roads. Some people go in circles and they think they're gonna get to their destination but they just never do. That's the problem. But look, there's, I tell you, you got to really, but it's like, there's a third road over there. In fact, you know what? It's hard to see more of a path, to be honest. It's really small. It's not big like the other ones, but smaller. I see it's almost like through the grass. And um, yeah, not many people know about it. Even less travel this road. It's not very popular. And and I think there's a sign there. There's not a big sign, but it's just like it's on a, like a little wooden post. Kind of hard to see, but I think it's, yep, Christ-centered parenting. That's that path or that road over there, Christ-centered parenting. This path or this road, it's all about seeking God's face. 
to get to the right place. It's all about confessing your weakness and that you don't have what it takes and then receiving God's grace. It's realizing that your family members need Jesus just as much as you do. It's realizing and appreciating that God has perfectly positioned, he's perfectly positioned, I'm gonna say it a third time, he's perfectly positioned you and I to light the way for our family members. See, a lot of us fall into this trap. We think the mission field, and you're like, what's the mission field? I'm not familiar with that. People who need Jesus, right? We fall into this trap. The mission field is somewhere across the ocean. Yeah, it's over there. Which is true. There are people across the ocean that need to hear about Jesus. So don't hear me pushing against that. It's totally true. But we lose sight of this. The mission field is here too. In fact, according to Jesus, the mission field is everywhere we go. Especially in our own homes. So parents, children, this might be your situation. I fell into this category a few years back where you might be the only believer in your family. God has perfectly positioned you to light the way for your family members. And we're at this unique point in history, in some ways, in other ways not, but certainly in recent history, your family and all the families of our communities, our neighborhoods, our friends, all of that, families need Jesus more now than ever before. And here at Fox River, like Brian was telling us, our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. So if our heart is people, and it's really important that we're here next weekend for Egapalooza. It's really important that we invite families to be a part of Egapalooza, especially if they have young kids. That's if our heart is people. And if our message is Jesus, I mean, if it really is, if it's more than just words and it really is like, man, I wanna, I wanna communicate Christ, then let's communicate the love of Christ, not just with our words, but also with how we serve. Let's communicate Christ through serving at Egapalooza. You can do that, again, by going out to the table at one of our physical campuses, by clicking on that or scanning the QR code, seeing volunteer opportunities. But we have such great opportunity before us. Egapalooza is next weekend. In our entire family ministry, not just next weekend for Egapalooza, but just in general, like every weekend, every week of the year, our family ministry is here to help. Some of us are like, ah, I didn't even know what that is. Ask somebody. Go to the Welcome Center. Like, like, let's learn more online. Ask, what's going on with family ministry? Like, man, there's just so much that God has for us to help us. So let's come alongside each other. Let's come alongside families. Let's show that you can have fun at church. What? You can have fun at church? It took me 20-some years to figure that one out. Like, whoa, you can have fun at church. All right? And then when families come to Agapalooza, for example, not only are you going to have fun, but they're gonna hear about Jesus and the good news that Jesus saves. It's like awesome. Families have been changed because of the good things that God is doing in and through the family ministry here at Fox River. And Agapalooza is no exception. All right, here are a couple quick mentions. Real quick. I couldn't, honestly, I couldn't figure out how to fit these into the message all that well. So a little bit of a confession here. And I'm like, all right, well, they're just gonna to have to be two 
things at the end. So, he, so here we go. Here's the two special mentions. I'm like, these are really important. Even though they don't fit, we got to talk about these two things. Here's, here's the first one. This is to parents. You've parented your kids. They're growing up, or maybe they're all the way grown. They're maybe even out of the house, something like that. But since then, you've become a Christian. So you're looking back, and you're like, man, I wasn't a Christian when I was parenting. Or I didn't parent with Christ because I just kind of kept Jesus at arm's length. Okay, A lot of us fall into that category. And it's not a good feeling when you think about that. Trust me, I know that feeling very well. So what do we do? Because we can't revisit the past, right? But here's what we can do. We can be better, better parents in the present. So two practical ways that we can parent better in the present, like right now. First way is this, love. Do what you can when you can. Again, can't go back, but I have today. And if God gives it to me, I have tomorrow. Love when you can and how you can. Call them. Talk about Jesus. Invite them to church. Share the things that God is doing in your life. You can do those things. Here's a really good thing, and this is gonna, even though many of us know this is true, our immediate reaction is, that doesn't work. Okay, but, but here it is. Pray. God tells us in his word that prayer makes a difference. It's just one of the big ideas of scripture, okay? Prayer makes a difference. There are certain things that God does when we pray that he wouldn't have done otherwise. We're gonna have a good conversation about that one day. I don't know how all of that works, but, but it's true. Pray for your children. God will do some amazing heart surgery on. He'll get a spiritual scalpel out and he's, something tells me he's already at work, but he'll, he'll get going on that and we might even see wonderful things take place through the prayers that we pray for our kids. Some of us, that might be the only option, let's just be honest because the relationship is damaged or there's some kind of other distance in play. So all we can do is pray, be encouraged. Prayer makes a difference. And God honors the prayers and he hears the prayers and he answers the prayers of those who pray to him. Here's the second one, as children, how do we honor our aging parents? Some of us have aging parents right now. Some of us are maybe on the younger side and, and our parents are getting older. We're not quite there yet. But proactively, how, how would we answer that question? How do you honor aging parents? I wanna give you two examples that have been really significant in my own life. The first one is this. I was only in seventh or eighth grade at the time, but my grandma was really sick. She was at the end of her life, and um, she required just extra care and extra services, so she went into a care facility you know, for the last time of her life there. And um, I saw my mom visit her all the time. I went a couple times, and I do mean a couple, but my mom was there all the time, just loving on her mom. Her mom didn't even know who she was, but she still showed up, spending time with her, just loving and honoring her mother in that way. As I look back on that, it's just beautiful. And I thank God for that example that my mom set for me. Here's the second example. 
My wife's grandma is getting older. She's in pretty good health, to be honest. But it's hard for her to get around, and I mean, that's just what happens to the, you know, those of us who are lucky to, to live a bunch of years. You know, the body just breaks down, right? And Nicole's mom, my mother-in-law, is, she's just honoring her mom. She helps her with all sorts of different things. Shopping, conversation, all sorts of other things. And what an inspiration that is to me. Just a godly example of what it means to honor your aging parent. So I hope that's of some help and grace to us all. Those are the two special mentions. One thing that we need to remember as we close here is whether we're old or young, our parents are old or young, whether we're a parent or a child, we should remember this. Jesus wants to make a difference in our family. And he wants to make that difference in and through you. He is our help. I told you I'd come back to this. Here we go. Hold up your fingers. Again, toes. It's fair, it's fair game, okay? How many people in your family? Okay, here we go. Ready? Good. Hold them up, hold them up, hold them up. Keep, keep them up, by the way. I want you to add one. Add one. Invite Jesus into your family situation that he might make a difference. He wants to make a difference. He's ready to make a difference. Let's invite him in. There are many of us here this weekend at our physical campuses, bunch of us online. God, we thank you for the Fox River family. Many of us who want to see Jesus make a difference in our families. We truly need the difference that Jesus offers. But some of us are in a place right now where we don't even have Jesus yet. So we want the difference that Jesus makes, but what we really need is Jesus first. If you haven't trusted Jesus to save you from your sin yet, and I know there's a bunch of us here today that fall in that category. If you haven't received Jesus and access to the help of his Holy Spirit, I wanna encourage you, whoever you are, wherever you are, receive him today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. And God, we thank you for your goodness and your patience. God, it's so beautiful just to think about how you meet each one of us right where we're at in life. Different family situations and dynamics different things going on in our lives and, and Lord, also in our hearts. And you've, you've brought us to this place, God, where we're ready to receive your help. And some of us, again, Lord, ready to receive you for the first time. God, thank you for your patience. Lord, that heaven is still open. Somehow the pearly gates have not closed yet, but still they're wide open and you are receiving people into your family, ready to adopt them, Lord. Thank you. For those ready to receive you for the first time this weekend, God asking you to change their life and their eternity, Lord, hear them and receive them today. If that's you, if you're receiving Jesus for the first time today, I want to ask you to do something bold. We've still got our eyes closed, We've still got our heads bowed. I'm asking you, would you raise your hand and just indicate, that's me. I'm receiving Jesus 
this weekend at Fox River. Thank you. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, for all of us, Lord, every member of your family here at Fox River, remind us and reacquaint us with this beautiful truth over and over and over, Lord, that you are our help. As your church, Lord Jesus, may we seek your face and receive your grace that you would make a difference in our lives and for our families. We love you, Lord, because you live for us, because you died for us, because you rose for us. Lord, we love you because you have loved us first. Help us to represent you in our families, God, and in our lives as a whole. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.